Hello and welcome to the Jeff McAlino Podcast. Uh, and happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. Uh, this will come out just a couple days before Thanksgiving, and uh, there definitely won't be another one before then. Uh, so I hope you enjoy it. Uh, I sure enjoyed recording it. Um, I sat down today with Kenneth Statkin. Um, he's a uh, he's an Aquarius, <laughs> um, but no, he uh, he's got a podcast and a YouTube channel. Um, he he talks about you know the metaphysical conspiracy theories, astrology. We will debate. Or discuss uh, astrology and my uh, skepticism about it a little bit. Uh, spirituality, all of this fun stuff. Um, had a fun conversation and uh, we'll go up and down and all around. Uh, talking about dreams and uh, even though he's not a sports fan, we ended up talking about sports a decent amount and uh, uh, meditation and of course, astrology, and of course, aliens. We talk about all of that and more. Uh, hope you enjoy it, and uh, subscribe to his YouTube channel, his podcast, uh, and uh, hey, I assume if you're listening to this, you're already subscribed to my podcast, you follow me on Twitter, uh, Instagram, you are a fan or like the Facebook page, and what else is there? Subscribe to my YouTube channel so I can put more videos on there. I'm not going to put videos on there if I don't have any people subscribed. So hop on there. All of this stuff is free. Just do it. It doesn't hurt you. It helps me. It's a net positive. See? It doesn't cost you a dime. Help someone. Makes them feel better about themselves. You should do it. I think that's karma. Or something. I don't know. Anyways, hope you enjoy it. I'll see you on the flip side. Peace. Everyone, now I welcome Kenneth Stapkin to the Jeff McAlino podcast. How are you? Doing good, man. Thanks for having me on. Happy to be here. Yeah, I'm I'm glad to uh to have you on because uh you you talk about and you're interested in a lot of things that uh I am interested in, and uh, when I get into conspiracies and stuff like that, especially on my podcast, definitely get the most uh, listener reaction from people. <laughs> so for sure, man, for well, sure, I'm pretty sure we can have a fun conversation about some different things. <laughs> Absolutely, man. You know, it is uh, interesting to see how over like the past year, you know, conspiracy podcasts and conspiracy topics have just exploded. You know, and I'm not like a, you know, a researcher or like, you know, like super intelligent at uh, articulating some of my thoughts sometimes. But, um, you know, I definitely like to get into some of the different conspiracies and uh, just kind of trying to figure out what the heck is going on, man. You know? Yeah. And I like it. I was hanging out with uh, some friends on Friday. One of my buddies, Garrett, who uh, will probably be on the podcast in the future. Uh, he, he was, he's big time into conspiracies. He's like, but let me ask you, do you believe all of these conspiracies or do you just like to learn them? I'm like, oh, I just love hypothesizing about, okay, maybe, you know, especially with Bill Gates lately. 
Yeah, for sure. I don't know what's going on with him leads me to a dark place every time, but yeah, for sure, man. <laughs> but it's like, I just, I feel like it's exercising your brain. Like just think beyond what's presented to you. Just think where, what could this be actually signaling to us? And you don't need to think it's real. It's still fun to go down that rabbit hole and see. It is, man. And it's also sticks. dangerous. You know what I mean? It's also yeah. dangerous just, you know, cause you can, it can put you in a mentally, uh, uh, in a mentally dark place at times too, because everything can be black pill, you know, everything can lead down this path where there's like no hope or whatever. And I choose to not look at it like that. But, um, you know, I think for me, at least going back on the conspiracy road, it all leads back to nine 11, man. And, uh, it leads back to questioning the statements of known liars, you know, people that have gone on camera and, said one thing and then done another and then said one thing and done another, you know, and just um, really, I think that's what gets a lot of people's interest in uh, some of the conspiracies to begin with, you know, is, is just, you know, they'll see something on TV that, you know, a high ranking politician or somebody would say, and then they'll do another thing or, you know, the media will present, all this stuff and none of it will line up or make sense. And I, I think people have a right to ask questions, you know, right. people have a right to ask questions. And I think that's really what gets everybody started down that rabbit hole to begin with, you know? Yeah. And it, I, I think some of it, it probably is a lot more dangerous to some people who get very extreme about it. For sure. And, and uh, you know, frankly, and I, I think I've said this on, on the podcast, I assume anytime a politician speaks, they're lying. Yeah. <laughs> I assume everything out of their mouth is just a lie <laughs> to get them should, elected. Man. I don't care whether it's even a politician I think does good work. Right. Still assume they're lying anytime they talk. For sure, <laughs> Maybe that's man. a little jaded, but I feel like it's better to have that and be surprised that they're telling the truth, you know, to have that... Uh, natural distrust towards government given that right you know history shows they lie and lie and lie again yeah that and you follow the money man you know yeah i can't remember who said that but um you know it's a well-known quote that you follow the money you find the truth and you'll see politicians are bought and paid for left and right i'm i'm a libertarian myself you know Me too. <laughs> and the only politician i've ever trusted or believed was ron paul you yeah. know and justin amash <laughs> yeah who Justin Amash. Oh, Justin Amash. Yep. And, the Justin only other Amash, one. Yep. and I figured yeah, you were libertarian sure. because Justin Amash follows both of us on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, all right, if he follows this guy. <laughs> oh, so you, you follow me on Twitter then too, or you, uh, I think just today, I just today I did. I've got your Twitter pulled up uh, in the background. Nice. Yeah. That's I don't know if you're least, active on there all that much, that's but definitely my least active social media account for sure. It's funny for some reason. Uh, and funny story i've i have been suspended a few times and i'll tell you why but for some reason that's the number one place where uh, i've been able to get any sort i mean like 1200 followers i think or something like that not a ton but like that's a significant amount you know yeah where i actually now can interact with people um i don't know why and by the way the times i've been suspended and i'm libertarian so almost anything i tweet is going to offend either the right or the left um, but the times I've been suspended, all three times have been for insulting NFL referees. Really? Yes. I said at one point, I said they should face a firing squad. You know, 
That got me a week suspension because I was threatening violence. I kind of was doing a joke like, you know, they should be fired, but I wouldn't mind if someone just lined them up and shot them all either. What's wrong with the referees? Like, I don't follow sports at all. Like, honestly, sports are the last thing that I You're lucky. You're lucky because I do. And I'm like, it's just it just makes me upset. Now, they a few years ago, um, I'm a big New Orleans Saints fan. Okay. Uh, and they okay, they yeah. were they had a play that was the clearest penalty of all time that the officials did not call uh, that kept them literally at the very end of the game kept them from going to the Super Bowl and uh, I've never forgiven them since and they did oh. here's a conspiracy for you they did it in the first year the Los Angeles Rams had moved to Los Angeles and the NFL spent so much money to get them to Los Angeles and get them up and running and they didn't have a lot of fan attendance and stuff and sure enough they figured out a way to cheat to get them into the super bowl their first year so in new orleans (laughs) unreal tiniest market in the nfl strong fan base but tiniest little market um it's like that's i don't know that seems like it's a weird coincidence they wanted la to succeed so badly and they found a way (laughs) yeah you know man (laughs) nothing would surprise me anymore i'm at a point in my life where you know, literally aliens come down, land on my street, and I wouldn't even be surprised <laughs> at all. You know, I would just be like, oh. What'll be surprising <laughs> is when the media somehow describes them as racist or somehow yeah, it's white supremacy. <laughs> For sure, man. So do you think the NFL is uh, rigged then? I, I think they have their favorites, uh, and I don't think it's I, I just know from, from playing the sport at a very low level, but there's so much luck involved and so much skill involved. They can't necessarily rig outcomes, right? But in close games, they can certainly slant the outcome to a certain team by making a call, not making a call, right? Um, Sliding a little cash to one of the refs. Right. Like, hey, so I think no. if one team just blows the other team out, you know, right. that's, you know hard for the refs to get too much involved in that game but if they let it go down to the wire and the referees have marching orders hey we'd like to see los angeles get into the super bowl instead of new orleans right i i could see them just saying yep we're not throwing a flag on los angeles in the fourth quarter of this tie game no way 100 percent, dude 100 percent. i believe that yeah that's uh that's the um you know, my dad went a little further after that. He's just like, it's professional wrestling. There's no point in even watching it. It's all rigged. I'm like, yeah, but have you ever tried to kick a field goal? You can't rig that. That's <laughs> that's impossible that to guarantee a guy's going to make a kick from right. almost any distance. It's hard to do. Especially when it's windy out some days and all this other stuff. Yeah, for sure. Right. And people make physical errors no matter how talented they are. You can, you can tell a guy to fall down and leave a guy wide open you can still drop a football the throw can still be it's just there's too many moving parts for it to be scripted Mm -hmm. i think i lost interest in the sport when i was like a teenager um you know as i was getting older because i was looking around man i I felt like i was waking up you know i like to think i was waking up and i'm like looking around talking to people like you know what about everything else going on you know all people care about is football and i'm over here trying to tell people like you know show people 9-11 was an inside job <laughs> you know what i mean and like i don't know just you know i guess i kind of lost interest just because there was a lot more going on you know 
Yeah, well, I with my attention, I guess, during those years, you know, I think at times I I go that way and then I try to lean more into sports to for like mental health. Like when I right, for sure. when I think about how terrible these what these people are doing to us is so horrible. I'd rather just live in a fake sports land, you know, where and there's nothing wrong with that, dude. You know what I mean? Mental health is huge. You have to know how to take care of your mental health, especially nowadays, you know. And that's kind of what I've really gravitated more towards, you know, um, after being like, you know, I don't want to say conspiracy theorists because that's just such a, you know, stigmatized. Over- it is. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, I've really learned to put my mental health on the front burner, you know, because um, it's just so important to do. Yeah. And uh, that was definitely strengthened within the past year, you know after 2020 and all everything that happened with that, you know, nightmare. It's like, okay. Yeah. Well, well find what makes me happy, what calms me down and, and gives me purpose, you know? So. Yeah, no. And, and frankly, I guess that's ultimately why I'm talking to you now and have a podcast and why I mentioned you before, why I started doing stand up. It's just because I, I'm like, yeah, I'm unhappy. So, you know, well, everything's shut down. I might as well gear up to change and do something different when that's when good. And, um, you know, not maybe a smart financial move on my part, but I made some nice financial moves to give me some cushion, some, some time to, uh, sink or swim. Good, man. Good, man. <laughs> Heck yeah. I'm happy to hear that. I think a lot of people have been doing that. People have been finding things, you know, what they love doing, you know, and prioritizing, you know, what they, would want to be doing you know and things like that but uh yeah i i think it's you know i I think people can find things that they have passion for that and i and i still don't know people ask me a lot especially friends like well what do you want to do you said you wanted to do writing do you want to do stand up do you want your podcast i'm like a podcast needs to really blow up to be a livelihood I, sure. I don't one thing I've learned is I don't think I'll ever get rid of the podcast no matter what I might succeed in otherwise because it's actually fun to do right man it is right it is yeah fun being you know just creating content man and talking to different people meeting different people and it blew my mind when I first started doing it because I didn't realize how many other people were out there starting podcasts. You know, it was like this huge thing that took off like around February ish, you know, there was like millions of people just starting podcasts. And I think that's freaking awesome. You know, I don't think there can be too many podcasts. Um, but, uh, right. No, I, I think, you know, and look, not all of ours, uh, yours is, I would say more, more topical than mine. Although I don't, I, I don't say that it, it's overly topical, but, um, I think the more voices out there that are not mainstream media, which I don't know how anyone still trusts anything said, and that's across any corporate news station. I'm not saying MSNBC, CNN, or Fox are good. They're all bad. I agree. They're all run by 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 goons at this point. I think they're as crooked as the government itself. 100%, yeah. And, and frankly, and I, I don't want to get into it too much, but the lack of... Uh, knowledge about things like the Kyle Rittenhouse incident I had people coming forward like wait I thought he shot three black people and I'm like how did you ever think that what what rock are you living under I'm the one who was 
apparently rarely, you know, and, and look, I, I don't have a take on that whole thing. J just to be clear, I'm not not trying to get banned from the Internet. Um, <laughs> but, I but I'm like, at the very least, you should know he shot three white people. Right. You should know they were attacking him. They were. It's, you know. it's not like he just marched over and started shooting, but that's what people actually thought he was doing. That is interesting. And, and intelligent people, too. Um, not people who were out screaming for or against him. But right. I had multiple intelligent people be like, wait, there's, I thought this Rittenhouse thing was an open and shut case that he went and murdered a bunch of black people. I'm like, nope, <laughs> didn't, didn't uh, murder one black person. <laughs> That's so interesting, too, because, you know, what kind of, you know, you think we talk about propaganda and stuff, man, and it's on the left and it is on the right, mm -hmm. you know, uh, whether regardless of what you think or believe with the whole situation, it's out there. And a lot of what I see are the video footages um, that were taken that night of him defending himself, right. you know, but somebody that doesn't follow the same pages as me, the algorithm's different, you know, for everybody. You know, what are they seeing? What kind of crazy videos are popping up that we don't even have a clue are out there that, you know, people are talking? And it's just weird to think about, man, you know? Well, I had a discussion uh, with my mother, and I this has come up multiple times on multiple things where mm -hmm. I've said something, and she's like, where did you hear that? That hasn't been on Good Morning America. And I'm right. like, <laughs> Good Morning America, I assume, is still a pretty non-political thing, but they're not going to share because I, I talked about, you know, Israeli uh, uh, studies on the vaccine effectiveness and mm -hmm. uh, versus natural immunity. That's not, uh, you know, again, I could get kicked off the Internet if, if someone reports that I even brought up that study. Hey, um, man, if it's if it's going on Spotify, it's it won't be, <laughs> it'll stay on there. <laughs> guaranteed, man. That's true. That's true. Joe Rogan's. Joe Rogan's taking a bullet for a lot of people. Or, yeah, he has, I guess man. he's taking a lot of money and a lot of criticism, but he, he really has. Yeah, they they want to throw me like two percent of what they're paying Rogan. I will happily take all that criticism too, <laughs> <laughs> for sure, man. For sure. But no, it it is crazy to see the algorithms, you know, different for everybody and people's realities, man. You know, I think that's something that we've really woken up to realize is that. It's never been clearer that two people could be standing next to each other and literally be in alternate realities about everything in life, yeah. you know, and um, it's just mind boggling, you know, so I feel like that leads us to, you know, like what you were talking about is this podcasting in this one-on-one -on -one connection and talking to people one-on-one -on -one with our small, you know, groups and, uh, I don't know, you know, just talking to your neighbor sort of type thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think that's, I do think that's something now I'm in Florida. So we were not restricted nearly as much as, or as long as almost any place else in the country. Um, so I can't say that it was overly oppressive or anything for me, not, not having human interaction. It was bad, but it was a couple months that it was bad and then a few more months, it wasn't normal because I was still choosing to not go to crowded places and, and all that. Right. right. Um, but I, I like to say with my podcast, at least, and, and this is the kind of podcast that I like to listen to also from other people, is the, the best reaction I get or comment I get is it was like listening to two guys to go back and forth and talk at a bar. 
-hmm. And uh, a lot of people haven't experienced that in almost two years. Right. I mean, I think that little piece of just being able to interact with different people socially, I think that's just made us that much more in our own world if we don't actively try to go out and find other people to talk to out of our individual person or out of our specific small circle of family and friends. If you don't actively go out looking, again, unless you're in a place where you can go to a bar and hang out and and meet strangers, uh, you're not going to find differing viewpoints or or different sources of information even. That is true. I never thought of that, really. I've always been kind of an antisocial. <laughs> I don't want to say antisocial, but, you know, I go to work, come home, and, and it would never really go out too much or anything anyways. But I, um, after I got uh, separated and divorced was when I, 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 I still consider myself antisocial, mm-hmm. but I, almost any time I go out with friends to a bar, I find a random stranger uh, and I'm, you know, we're having deep, meaningful conversation in the bar, whether it's, whether, whether it's me trying to talk to a chick or whether it's just me talking to a dude who's not talking to anyone else. Right. Alcohol is a great social lubricant. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) (laughs) It it, it really is. That's funny. Now. um, So one thing to, to kind of shift gears and I, I, I want to mention uh, I enjoy your YouTube channel. I'm going to try not to. Um, I made this mistake before where uh, I dove down specific things and then I talked with a little too much knowledge so that my listeners would not have any clue what I'm talking about. So I'll, I will say your YouTube link will be in the uh, show notes and everyone should obviously go subscribe and check that out. And it's I, I like you talk about a lot of things and we talked beforehand. You even show a, a card trick on there. Um, it's not just hardcore right. Alex Jones conspiracy. Right. No, it's not at all. Not at stuff. all. I honestly don't try to get into too many conspiracies on the channel. I don't talk about politics too much because, um, you know, I feel like I'm, I, I'm not able to articulate the things well enough to where I'm not dividing or conquering. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think you do a good job, especially with a lot that I listen to of really just more or less just explaining it. They're not right. trying to, to preach about it. You're just giving an explanation right. uh, to right. it. And, and I like that a lot. Um, I try to focus more on like, Oh, I do some adventure videos. You never know what you're going to get on the channel. A lot of times right. it's mostly just me in the studio at night and talking about whatever's on my mind. Um, you know, I like to, uh, try to focus, I would say on like the spiritual type side of things, you know, a little bit, I get into astrology here and there. Um, and just, uh, I think I've talked about gratitude a couple of times on there and, um, just, just different things that would be on my mind about our growth, you know? Yeah. And, and I do want, um, I don't want to say debate, but I do want to, for lack of a better term, debate you about astrology. But I want to do that, I, and we can hold that off for just a little bit. But I want to do okay, that I'm with that as well. <laughs> well, I want to do it with an open mind because one thing I'll say is I actually try to even avoid uh, those because I, the reason being uh, I'm skeptical, but I'm not knowledgeable. Um, so I do. That's a. I, I thought that would be a, a fun thing to to 
talk about because Absolutely. it's, um, you know, maybe you could teach me something that could make me less skeptical or something like that. And I'll tell you what I know about it. But okay, let's hold off on that for just a few minutes if you're okay, okay. with that. Yeah, I'm because I do, I do think that'll be fun. And there's a little yeah, teaser for the audience to stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> and it, and look, it's not a um, one thing um, I take pride in is it's like I'm never going to shit on someone for having a different opinion than me because right. Um, look, I had a debate, and again, I use debate very loosely because I'm not very firm in my belief. But I had a guest on, and we debated uh whether god existed or not and mm -hmm. i said there's no way to prove it either way but i just like to choose to believe there's a god it just it helps my brain is i don't have strong convictions one way or another i don't think every organized religion is bs or none of them have it exactly right of course um i'm not saying i'm just saying i choose to believe and he now and the counter view is there's no evidence for it so why would you believe it well it, that just makes it a choice. <laughs> right. um, so I think there's a lot of things. And, and as human technology and, and whatnot, it, it advances, I'm sure some of these things will stop being, you know, unknown mysteries, especially things like UFOs and aliens. Um, and, you know, who knows, maybe things like ghosts, even someday technology could figure out a way to prove or disprove um god i think is going to be the hardest one <laughs> right and I, I that's interesting you say that because um one thing i've noticed uh with like let me let me back up how do i want to say this one thing that i have recognized or have seemed to notice is there seems to be a battle right now between trust the science and you know trust the science or trust your biological um, ability to heal itself, your, you know, your, your, I want to say God given energies, you know, your, your, yeah, universal your immunity. Yeah. You're, yeah. And that's what the battle's really about. And I think that kind of ties in with, you know, the whole trying to prove if God's real or God isn't real um, conversation a little bit, you know, and, um, that's interesting and uh, let's see if we agree i would say the people who just say trust the science are more the people who are like oh it's just god's plan trust god there is a god whereas people who are like well but studies say that <laughs> right that science is not actually like mathematically correct which means it's not science right it it is an interesting uh a topic when you get into you know um, science versus religion or what, what have you, you know, and I was raised, um, pretty, pretty strict Christian household, you know, um, I was raised in the church my whole life. And, uh, you know, I believe in universal powers and, and a creator, you know, but I kind of fallen away from organized religion, man, you know, I'm on the yeah. spiritual side of things. And, um, you know, there's, there's just so many questions I had, that weren't seem to be getting answered and didn't make sense to me through organized religion. And that's kind of where I'm at on my path, you know, and astrology ties into that a little bit, of course. But um, ultimately, I don't think that astrology is a belief system as much as it is as a language that we try to interpret, you know, and learn to interpret as we go throughout our lives on our paths. You know, it's not a one all be all belief system. 
um, at least for me, you know. Well, let's, I mean, let's dive into, so one thing, it, let me, so I think I am woefully uninformed when it comes to things like astrology, because I was talking, so great example, I was literally FaceTiming my daughter on Friday or Saturday, mm -hmm. and uh, she was saying that for school, they've got a journalism and a drama program, and part of the journalism class she's doing is she needs to do a podcast for the school. And she's doing it on astrology. <laughs> That's Just cool. Complete coincidence, or maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> right. She had no idea I was talking to someone who I was going to talk about astrology with. It was just like, wow, that is a really strange coincidence. Um, that is a strange coincidence. It's right. So now, but her understanding of it was very similar to mine. And mine was more of and bear with me because I haven't necessarily thought this out fully, but uh, like a mentalist does their tricks where they get you to, of course, that my thing with astrology is, so her explanation was what mine was. So maybe I'm just as informed as an 11 year old and that's probably the case. But she said, well, you, but your sign tells you what kind of person you are and, and, you know, and it's always right. And I'm like, well, yeah, of course it is because like, look, I've got, I've got it here. Uh, I'm a Sagittarius. It says the traits of a Sagittarius are extroverted, optimistic, funny, and generous. Name one person who would not describe right. themselves as all of those things. And you can right. go to any other category. I'm like, of course. It's like, motiv you're motivated. Yeah, everyone's motivated. Uh, you know, and a lot sure. of horoscopes I've seen, you're going to procrastinate today on a big decision. Everyone does that. That's a human trait. That's not a specific... Um, and I'm assuming I'm very short-sighted and narrow in my views of what astrology actually is, because that part by itself was like, all right, this is psychic, hocus-pocus, mental right. stuff, woo -woo which is, stuff. Which yeah, is, woo -woo. I mean, which, look, I, I, I do tip my cap. I, I love to watch a mentalist perform because mm -hmm. it's like, wow, they, you have to be extremely smart to know how to manipulate people. And then to use the words that any human is going to identify with while making them sometimes sound like weaknesses too, which I, I think is great. Right. Um, especially introverted, extroverted. It's like, well, any single person could say, well, I'm not that well, but I can be. <laughs> right. Well, um, for sure. So I guess I'll ask you, I, I'm assuming I have about a 1% scope of what astrology actually is. And it's probably like a mainstream kind of. Uh, uh, no, man, you nailed it. That's exactly, that's all it is. <laughs> 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 no, I'm just messing with you. I think on a surface level, I think, um, you know, like the horoscopes you see in the paper and stuff, I think those are there a lot for fun, you know, and maybe people with, uh, interest in it but i think ultimately when it comes to astrology uh for me anyways um you know i was right where you were at up until my my divorce um you know i went through a pretty nasty divorce i mean it wasn't terrible you know it went better than a lot of other people's but you know i still went through a divorce and there was a period of my life where i just had this burning question of who am i like who am i apart from all the traumas that I've learned to shape my personality around, you know, from since a child, it's like, who am I? And what is like my purpose here? And that 
kind of led me down the astrology path. Well, and by reading my chart, my person, I'm an Aquarius. I was able to discover a lot of insights to kind of who I am, my chem, my cosmic makeup. You know, we each have an individualized astrology chart of where the planets were uh, at the time of our birth. And that's essentially what this is behind me. This is a big astrology chart, but you know, it will show where the planets are in relation to each other at the time of your birth. And each one's unique, which is fascinating, you know? And um, so the birth year plays into it too, not just absolutely the yeah. okay. birth year location, you know, that even the time, the time you were born affects your rising sign. And they say your rising sign is how the outward world sees you as. So I'm a Scorpius, Scorpion, um, Scorpio, and, you know, darker features, things like that. But um, it's interesting to look at and then kind of see in relation to how my life has been going so far, you know, um, especially without any prior knowledge, you know, to astrology. And that's kind of what got me started down the path of learning about it and kind of following it. Because I think ultimately, I do have this belief that everything is energy, you know, our planet is energy, um, you know, nature is energy, just everything is energy. And I do truly believe that. And with believing that I believe that planets have different energies tied with them as well, the same as Earth, and where those are at, in relation to the sky, I do believe has an effect on me. So I guess it is a belief system in that sense. Um, because we see what the moon and its energies does to the oceans, you know, and how it affects the tides. Sure. And that's the biggest thing people will talk about is like, you know, we're 80% water or whatever, you know, you think the moon doesn't affect us? Well, I believe it does, you know, and, um, you know, that's, that's, that's what got me into astrology was this fascination of energies and planets and how I can use that to live a more purposeful, meaningful, sensible life, you know, make sense of some of the crazy things that happen, you know, and learn when to meditate at certain times and when those energies and cosmic powers will be there to reinforce me to, you know, make a positive change or start a new cycle, you know, for the month of just maybe, you know, stretching for 15 minutes, you know, and I think it really ties into that a lot. So, so it doesn't. Um, and again, I think these are probably like the uh, casual uh, astrology fans then, but it doesn't predestine your actions or, prevent you from doesn't handcuff you because your uh your sign says xyz you know i don't believe that at all i think um you know if you study astrology and try and learn to interpret um you know different times that you can use it to your benefit to grow to learn to heal um you know in that sense but i don't think there's any you know like you said handcuffs on your future or anything because of it you know no if anything it sounds like it would be a belief that at certain times you're just able to garner more energy and power to do specific things Mm -hmm. but not that it should handcuff you when you're not in that zone right i mean one of the big ones I think people fall into is doing like the comparison charts uh with signs and i'm i've done it you know 
And uh, I've noticed it's, it is, it is wild, man, how accurate those can be. Um, but you shouldn't let that be a factor, a deciding factor on, you know, whether or not you should date somebody or see somebody, you know, <laughs> I was, I was just going to say, I don't know. I know your divorce is somewhat recent, so I don't know if you're trying dating apps or anything, but would you put that in your dating profile that you're an Aquarius? Um, I, I have a girlfriend right now, but when oh, okay. I did uh, have dating profiles, yeah, absolutely. I mean, right off the bat, I lay it all around the line. Cause I want people, I don't want to, uh, you know, present myself as somebody I'm not like, I'm totally, well, that's a good point. You know, I'm weird. I like to do weird things. like go in the woods <laughs> and, you know, build fires. Bears. Sit there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know? And, um, I don't so, think yeah. that's weird, by the way. I think that's awesome. I just, you didn't, you didn't end up seeing any though, correct? No, no bears. No. Yeah. I, I, I saw yeah. your video and I knew you had told me you were going bear hunting. So. Yeah. I, I spent a considerable amount of time balancing rocks, which was just amazing, man. I, that is something I've really come to love and just enjoy. I know one of your podcast episodes, I did not listen <laughs> to this one, but I did want to ask you about it, but I almost intentionally didn't listen to it. Um, was with a balancing rock expert, Travis Ruskin. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I I didn't listen to it intentionally because I feel like if I'm too informed, then people who have never heard of it, we're going to have a level of conversation way above what they're going to just zone out. Right. Um, I was trying to figure out what it was, but again, I didn't want to learn too much about it. Rock balancing, I feel like. Um, I don't know. I'm visualizing it in my head and I'm almost certain I'm wrong. But so could you briefly just explain what it is? And I assume it uh, is kind of a meditative type. It is. It's a meditative art form for me. Um, You know, and it's, it is, it's just exactly what you're thinking. You know, you find rocks and you try to get them balanced in the most complex way possible. And it's, it's not super difficult if you can just be in the moment and be focused on what you're doing. Um, and not let your mind wander to, you know, what's my cell phone doing or what's going on over here, you know, and if you can just stay in the moment, stay focused, you can build some amazing things. <laughs> and that's what I love about it is the beauty in that. And are they big rocks or are they like pebbles? I've done small ones. I've you do I either. Mean, I've yeah, I've gone to the lake and I've done, you know, I have one in front of my house, which is two boulders. I mean, it took everything I had to get the one on top of the base one you know but um you know they range from all different sizes you can do whatever you want you know whatever makes your soul happy man you know i might i might try my brother lives up in uh he lives in north florida he has five acres and it's basically Mm -hmm. like just the woods um i might try that i'm going to highly recommend it i highly recommend it because i've been trying to find more meditative type stuff yeah, and uh, I had a former coworker who got me like a a Zen tree, but not like an actual tree. It like had you could shape it with your hands. It was like fake. Oh, okay, that's cool. Anything, yeah. <laughs> and I did it, and I'm like, eh. Now my daughter, who's on the spectrum, I gave it to her when I, you know, quit my office job. I gave it to her, and she loves to. She will play with it and shape it just like she definitely gets some sort of meditative benefit from it right i didn't do it for me but i feel like something especially with bigger rocks something that's maybe both physically and mentally encompassing in a very quiet because yeah you know it's wild because 
while you're handling that rock, it's like, holy crap, this thing's been here since for millions of years, you know? And, you know, it, it is in that aspect, um, super awesome, I think, you know, but it's meditative and I've always had a hard time like meditating, like, you know, on a cushion you know, in my room, you know, it's just, I have a hard time doing that. And so being in nature is really where I get into the meditative state and, uh, find myself spending a lot of time, you know? So some people get bent out of shape about like, if you're doing it in a river or a creek or whatever, I'm like, I'm one of them guys who thinks it's not a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> and there will be people out there that disagree with me on that, but that's okay. We're all, now, what do you, uh, we're you allowed to disagree. Stonehenge was a natural thing. Somebody was stacking them. You don't know. I know. <laughs> no, I'll get yelled at for, you know, moving rocks in a river, but then, that same person will throw a McDonald's cup out the window driving home, you know, <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's frustrating, but I just do me, man. That's all you can do, you know? Yeah. Well, the, the interesting thing about, um, cause I've been trying, but like you, I can't, if I try to sit in silence and I live in a city and I live on a, not a busy road, but a busy enough road, that even if I try to sit in silence, I'm going to hear cars going by. Right. Um, so that's part of where it's like, this just isn't working for me. And I've always been jealous. And it's funny with, you look at religious people and prayer, or not that people who meditate are non-religious, mm -hmm. um, but you don't have to be religious to meditate. Um, I'm jealous of both of those people who can just get deep into something and let you know, mm -hmm. stop looking at your phone. You don't care about, you know, the news. It takes practice. <laughs> it takes a lot of practice, you know, to be able to turn it all off and, and get away, you know, and you have to make that time, you know, you have to make that time to do that. Well, I may or may not have some, uh, some, uh, chocolate that actually is, uh, psilocybin or whatever mushrooms are. Um, and my brother lives in the wilderness, so I may or may not see if that might help. Could go either way. <laughs> I, I mean, I wish I could tell you, man. That's something I've never tried before. You know, it's, I've I, not, I, it's not that I'm against it or anything or wouldn't be against trying it, but it's just something I never got into, you know. Um, but I, I have heard of the uh, recent studies and, um, you know, multiple people that have said even microdosing uh mushrooms has really just changed their outlook on life you know and um really you know got rid of the depression whatever depression they may have been having just kind of rewired their brain in a positive way and i don't see a problem with that at all man i mean i would much rather somebody use herb than some pharmaceutical company garbage man i've known people that have been on on certain things and just turned into zombies you know and yeah dude i'm all about the natural you know way of life bro <laughs> well no that's that's i've had people who are like you should stop drinking and and smoke weed i'm like that it's probably healthier it's technically not legal i don't think yet in florida not fully as much of a bastion of freedom as we are, we still don't have legal recreational weed. Right. Neither that's Pennsylvania. Yeah. That's a quite a freedom, but no, but the funny thing is there are States that are legalizing mushrooms, uh, you know, Oh, really? Locality. I, um, 
I want to say Denver did, or someplace in Colorado did for sure. Um, because I think they were the first ones to legalize weed for everyone, too. Yeah. And I remember debating people who thought there'd be a bunch of dead people in the streets because of legalized marijuana. It's so interesting. It's fascinating. Well, for multiple reasons. One, it's like, okay, clearly you've never done weed nor been around people smoking weed. Right. Because people don't die from (laughs) I think organized religion a long time ago started a war against it just because i think people question um you know authority question reality maybe a little bit and um ask questions you know (laughs) people ask legitimate questions to things and uh the powers that be don't like when people ask questions you know oh yeah well i think uh have you ever seen the movie they did reefer madness Mm -mm. it is it's probably a hundred years old or close to it wow it was probably in the 30s maybe um, and it is the most comically ridiculous thing. And it's not easy to find, I would say, because I had yeah. tried to find it for years and I finally found it on a movie station and it only was playing one time. Like it, so I, I was able to record it and uh, it is crazy. It, it, it makes it you smoke weed and you get you, you start raping women and murdering people, basically. So it's like big it propaganda people, freaking. Oh, it was a terrible propaganda flick. Wow. And it's like, and I, I do remember reading, they always used to say that the people who initially wanted to banish marijuana's main argument was it made white women want to have sex with black men. Really? <laughs> so black men were giving it to white women so they could rape them, basically. And it was like, are you fucking kidding? That's nuts. <laughs> that is freaking nuts, man. But it, it, but it goes back to, you know, whether religion or government, you know, they definitely didn't want people questioning. They or the, you know, they no, they didn't. You know, and of course they included a racial component, which back then was, you know, in the thirties or forties. You know that they is, do, that yeah. was allowed. <laughs> they couldn't figure out how to tax it either. You know, they got to get their their hands. They got to get their they got their hands and pockets full. You know, <laughs> frankly, I think that's the only reason it's starting to become legal. One hundred percent is because they've finally gotten big companies to invest enough into the marijuana farming. Um, and, and you know, that's the sure. uh, that's the rub. Now that all the tobacco companies have shifted into also growing marijuana, and uh, I know in my state, a billionaire personal injury attorney stands to make billions more dollars when it's legalized fully um, because he invested in it. You know, right? 10, 20 years ago, when it was still illegal every place, and everyone knew the tide was going to turn, and they were just. They had the money, and now that they're in place and they can, the government can suckle off their profits, they're happy to legalize it. Yeah, for sure. I know. Crooked bastards. (laughs) Yeah, well, and that's the the funny thing is it's like, it seems like alcohol is the, one of the least safer drugs. Well, I guess cocaine's probably worse and heroin's arguably worse, but I think that's the same as like some prescription drugs you can get. Right. Uh, (laughs) So, um but yeah, that I, I feel like that that's legal because they figured out a way to tax that more quickly than other things. Because marijuana, if it was just legal for everyone, like it, you know, probably was it one day, everyone could have a garden and grow their own weed and the government's not getting a penny off of that. Right. Yeah, they don't like that at all. Oh, geez. Yeah, well, and that's the thing with the natural drugs is we could all just grow them in our backyards if we wanted them. So that's fair. You can't tax them that way. 
So even a lot of places where they're legalizing recreation, you need to have a license to grow it, which is in its own way ridiculous. But it is, man. People don't uh, people don't like to look outside of. The... I understand that. I get that. Taxation is theft, dude. I mean, you know, <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll lose people on that for sure. Yeah, I'm I sure. um. So one thing, and you know, back in my uh, three years ago, in my naive days, I used to think this would be something that would unite humankind. Um, and I thought it was imminent, whether it was real or not, that we were going to have alien encounters. Uh, now I don't think they would use anything to unite us. They would definitely use it to divide us. Right. Um, I had this whole worldview where I said, you know, I do believe that there are aliens. And I think the powers that be know that there are aliens. I don't think they want us to know, but I did think what all world governments might do is put on some expensive firework show in the upper atmosphere Mm -hmm where nobody can really tell what's going on, but it looks like there's some sort of, you know, war going on in the, in the skies uh, and just say the aliens came and attacked us. All the governments came together and we defeated them. We can put aside our differences. We now have humankind needs to defend itself. We don't race doesn't matter. Our country, our borders don't matter. We now have an alien threat and we need to unite against them. Um, obviously they're not going to do that. <laughs> that was a, a naive like oh this could be a way to unite humankind in a in a fake government engineered way oddly enough which is not what i would morally like, no, to, agree to with usher, to usher in like a one world order type thing um, yeah well it would definitely turn a bad way but i think it could be done with good intentions like right. let's end all wars let's stop with racism it's not a thing anymore why would you care what skin you're dealing with other species why would you care what skin color your own species has? Right. Um, so I thought it could be used as a way to unite people. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, that would have its own intended or unintended consequences of basically setting up a new world government, which let's face it, we may or may not already have. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> so do you believe in aliens then? Or are you? Uh... Absolutely. Yeah. I don't, I don't have um, any evidence um i'm convinced i saw one when i was a kid you know that i had an alien experience uh with my brother when i was a kid but it was so long ago man i i try to think about it as an adult now and it's like you know i question it sometimes but i always told myself i know what i saw you know from that day forward i would i would tell myself i know what I freaking saw, you know, and that's kind of stuck with me. Um, and uh, I have one photo that was taken three years ago now, I believe, by my brother-in-law that has convinced me 100% of UFOs, uh, whether it was an alien or whatever. But, um, you know, it, he, he sent me this picture and I know where it came from. I know it wasn't Photoshopped, you know, and it was wild, man. It was wild. Uh, and what was... Uh, what was the alien experience when, when you were a kid? Um, I was, uh, I, I would say, I was saying I probably was about six, seven years old, maybe five, six, somewhere around there. And I remember my brother woke me up in the middle of the night. He said, Kenny, come here. You got to see this. And we rushed over to the window and we looked out and we saw this freaking spacecraft flying above the house. 
and it was just going really slow. And I remember seeing lights in a circle around it. And it was like something out of a freaking movie, man. It was like just over the house. And I remember us exchanging words like, are you seeing what I'm seeing? He's like, that's a freaking spaceship. I'm, we're both, we both saw it, you know? And um, that was the experience. But now does he, does he remember that too? He does. Yeah. And where, where were you in the country? um pennsylvania like how up by lake erie okay so not a not something where there should have been thousands or millions of witnesses potentially no it was it was definitely at nighttime it was dark but i thought about that too like we were in a town a small town obviously there would be another witness right i don't know man because i do believe that kids and you know pets and animals i i feel like you know our third eye chakras opened more at a younger age from less fluoride, whatever, uh, intake. And that we can see things that adults can't. I believe that, you know, that children have the capability of seeing angels and things like that. And, uh, it's possible it could have been that as well, you know, but I, well, I, I think, I think you're absolutely right. I, and I think beyond even, you know, third eye type explanation, I think adults can easily explain away almost any noise they hear or thing they see. Right. If I saw something low flying in the sky with weird lights, I'd almost automatically dismiss it as, oh, that plane's flying real low. Mm-hmm. It's like, I think life experience and maybe, uh, I don't know if it's laziness or probably not laziness, just a, uh, the need to explode oh, a need to rationalize something abnormal grounded in your reality you know it a lot of people can't accept that there's you know things going on in this world this in our realm that are uncomfortable that doesn't make sense you know and it would disrupt their lives and their beliefs i think too much to see those things from a different perspective well, I, you know, it, it reminds me of a story, you know, an electrical transformer that can blow and the power goes out. And it yeah. sounds like a bomb is going off if you're close to it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I still remember I wasn't there, but my mom and my little sister, who was probably in the 10 to 12 years old range back then, big explosion and the power goes out. And my mom says, oh, the transformer must have blown. And my little sister started screaming, Transformers are real? <laughs> but it's, that, it's just that naivety maybe gives them more of an open mind to like, they don't know that, you know, the noise in the backyard to them or the creaking in the house, you know, when house settle. Um, naturally, they always think it's a person or a ghost or a monster, whereas the adults, we just dismiss it automatically without even acknowledging right. that it happened whereas it easily i mean i you know it's funny and this uh, back to the kid story i remember going to uh i don't even remember what it was um but it was by the vinoy in st petersburg where i grew up or where i still live and uh everyone says the vinoy is haunted and me and my buddy were there and we distinctly remember seeing someone in the bell tower. Uh, but then they disappeared and, and we were convinced it was a ghost. Huh? Um, and then it's like, to this day, it's like, I remember that, but I must, it must've just been a person. It was dark. 
you know, make we make excuses we for like what make excuses for why it's fake. And then part of me also is like, do I even remember that correctly? Because it's been so long ago. I can barely remember last week. Uh, right. You know, right. if you, yeah. if you told me I, I went on a 30 minute rant last Friday when I was hanging out with friends, I'd be like, yeah, I, I believe you. I, I was drinking. So now I wasn't drinking when I was eight or nine years old, but well, I'll tell you what, man, uh, your one episode I listened to, you were talking about the Mandela effect a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I swear as a child, I remember it being Bernstein Bears, S-T-E-I-N. Yeah. You know, it was never Bernstein Bears, you know, and I was listening to that episode and I was like, huh, that's so interesting, you know, um, the, and there was another one you guys talked about and I wasn't familiar with that one. It wasn't Nelson Mandel, it was another Looney Tunes, maybe. Yes, yes, yes. That one blew. I did not know that one. Well, and I always thought, and I always explained it in my head because I remember being someplace and I, I can't remember where it was, but I remember debating with someone, whether it was T-U-N-E-S, like show tunes, like tunes right. or tunes, like cartoons, T-O-O-N-S. And I'm like, why would it be T-U-N-E-S? That I remember no T-O-O-N-E-S. That, and that, and I think that very well just could be like your brain's just working like well why would it be like tunes like music because it clearly is a cartoon right it could be doesn't make sense it could be man or it could be you know alternate glitch in the matrix (laughs) or that or yeah glitch in the matrix alternate timelines you know i feel like we uh shift timelines a lot um you know and like the path that we or on and just kind of i think deja vu is part of that too you know? well you know what's really weird this is a very weird offshoot of that but i it was i one of the reasons i tell people i drink a little bit before bed almost every night even if i have my kids if i don't have my kids i drink a ton right but if i have my kids i usually have at least a couple of small drinks because if i go to bed completely sober i have very very vivid dreams like I cannot tell that they are not reality. And uh, one thing I've been doing since I've kind of shifted into not having a day job and having a more free schedule is, well, I don't need to, if I want to write until four in the morning, I can wake up. If I need to drive my kids to school, I can come back home and take a nap. Right. Be sober in the middle of the day. And I had an intense dream where, um, and this would probably make a fun book and or movie um <laughs> not a, not a comedy though but uh i had a, an intense dream where i was getting killed and my consciousness was being transferred to another timeline to keep me alive um and, and they were just hunting me down across different timelines and i just kept getting moved into new bodies um i, I i'm not explaining it well but it's almost like i mean it's almost like, well, this one, maybe, maybe the body dies and you do jump into a slightly different universe spirit, you know, your spirit, whatever you want to call it, just moves into another timeline where I don't know why that body would now be beholden to your spirit, or maybe you combine. Uh, or, or it could be too, you know, I think a lot with dream interpretation is uh, symbolism, you mm-hmm. know, and they're not to be taken literally um you know symbolism for whatever reason is huge it is it is you know it's in the bible 
the Bible is full of symbology and astrology, uh, believe it or not. And um, it's used by, sorry, there's a lot of traffic. Uh, oh, it's used <laughs> by, um, you know, the global cabal, the, uh, the shadow government uses symbology everywhere. It is just, you know, our world in reality is just flooded with symbology. So I think you have to look at um, maybe with your dreams, you know, could that be, uh, you know, the universe telling you that a karmic cycle is coming to an end and you're going to be starting a new karmic cycle or, you know, elevating up, you know, is that death to a cycle that you've been part of, you know, I think that those might be possibilities as well, not necessarily a physical death, but more of, you know, well, you're letting, <laughs> neg letting negativity or a negative karmic cycle go, you know? Yeah, it's it's a very interesting and part of me thinks, OK, well, you know, I, I watched the Marvel movies and they're starting to go into multiverse type shit. So maybe my brain's just starting to be like, oh, here's <laughs> a weird that, thing we could do to him tonight. That <laughs> could today. be as well. It very well could be from that. <laughs> it's it's That's very funny. tough to. Um, uh, yeah, dream interpretation is one of those things that I wish I could figure out because again, I, I have such crazy vivid dreams that um, uh, I think maybe on the podcast you listened to, even I said where I got abducted by aliens for six months mm -hmm. and I literally woke up and the way that dream ended, I was back home. So me waking up in my own bed, didn't give me closure on whether that was a dream uh, or real life. Um, which sounds is, like you're highly intuitive and that you have very uh, good, like you have a lot of powers that are wanting to be unleashed, man. <laughs> well, it's, it, uh, yeah, maybe. And maybe the alcohol is what I use to keep the superpowers down. Or <laughs> Who knows, man, you know, that's, that's funny. I'm not much of a drinker myself. Just never really, you know, got into it too much, but I certainly don't have a problem with it, you know? No, well, I, I certainly think you're better off without it. Um, oops. We all have our things, man, <laughs> you know? We all have our things and that's okay. I don't think they're, you know, I don't think it's healthy to, uh, you know, look at uh, all the things that we could do be doing better. You know, I think it's healthier to focus on, you know, the positive things that we got going on right now and take it one day at a time, man. I'm big about, I'm big on taking it one day at a time. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, I, you know? I, I do like that philosophy. It's very hard. I think there's almost a meditative quality to being able to do that. Uh, not worrying about, and it's a lot of times it's the little things that, um, that uh, overwhelm, like I've been trying to lose weight and save money also because mm -hmm. I'm a, a compulsive Uber Eats orderer. And just last night I was hanging out with my buddy and I'm like, if I could just sit down and plan my meals for a week, mm -hmm. Which now that's, I guess, not living day to day, but at the same time, it's like that would alleviate so much stress. But the thought of planning, well, I don't know what's going to happen that day. So, right. so it, it's, it's almost, inver it's not living day to day by just saying, well, I'm just going to lay out a meal plan for myself. That's not, not right. living day to day. That's, I'm worried something's going to come up that's going to mess up my meal plan. And that has me too concerned to set up a meal plan. Right. <laughs> that's, that's, in a weird way, that's not living day to day because I'm not willing to accept that something could come up that mess up my plans. Right. That's, right. 
the the only thing I'm good at day to day living with is social life, and that's actually, um, well, as a divorce guy to a divorce guy, I got divorced uh, longer in the past than you. Um, but uh, one thing I made a conscientious choice, and it's the dumbest thing I've never. I don't think I've even said this to anyone. I used to when I got in a relationship and got married, I really slipped into this trap. And then I had kids of any time I would be invited to do something, my brain would constantly be like, oh, well, this could go wrong. This could go wrong. This could go wrong. It's probably best if I don't do it. Mm -hmm. um, so I was pretty antisocial. I was staying with the kids at home all the time. I didn't really want to go do many things right. because, you know, going to the beach well, yeah, but then I'm going to get so much sand in the car. The kids might get sunburned. Right. You know, I don't want to take them to, the, you know, they could run and drown in the in the Gulf of Mexico. I mean, that happens, <laughs> right. you know, you, 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 just the stress. And not that those stressors went away, but oddly enough, the dumbest motivation for changing um, when I got separated was the movie Yes Man. <laughs> with oh, yeah. Perry, where yeah. he just had to say yes to everything. And I just for almost a year, I'm just like, I'm just going to go by this. Right. That, that's I'm awesome. Just, they're going to say, let's do this. And I'm going to say, this seems like a bad idea. No, let's do it. And so I, I, I was 27 before the first time I smoked pot huh. because I had never done it because I thought, oh, I don't want to, I don't know what that's going to do. It's illegal. Right. Someone offered me pot. And I'm like, yeah, why not? I'll do right. it. Why not? Yes. No, I love that movie. That, that's too funny, man. I, I watched that um, and uh, I applied that to my life as well, just kind of saying yes. And I'm not really sure what the secret is to, um, you know, letting go some of those fears and that stress other than it just takes time, you know, and repetition of just kind of uh, letting go, you know, letting go of things, the small things, you know. Right. Understanding things could happen no matter what you're doing exactly just, exactly you know you're gonna have to accept and adapt <laughs> exactly man you know that's all you can do at the end of the day too you know and i don't meal prep or anything like that but you know that's one of those things on the list of like the goals someday to do because i know it will benefit my life uh in more ways than one by doing so but i'm not there yet either you know i still hit up the local taco bell here you know multiple times a week <laughs> well my my thing is i i always i mix the because i've got two goals it's like one i should spend less money and i'm actually i've become a good cook over quarantine because mm -hmm. i i don't know why but it motivates so I, I can actually make better food than what i'm getting most of the time cheaper mm -hmm. um but i i and then i i so i have the save money aspect and then i have the the save time aspect and then i have the eat healthy thing mm -hmm. and with uber eats the eat healthy things pretty much out the window with almost any place on there so i go for the save money so it's like oh bogo they've got or if i spend 20 dollars at arby's i get a free beef and cheddar classic so i'm basically making six dollars by spending yeah. 20 dollars at arby's and uh impulse control problems i will eat all of it in one sitting <laughs> Right. Same here. But you know, if you can learn how to have fun doing it too, man, then that's, then you, it's a win, you know? Um, like I've thought about several times, like, 
and I've talked to my girlfriend about this, about maybe even doing like a cooking episode or a cooking show, you know, and incorporating that into meal making as well, you know, because that is something I enjoy doing and that would make it a lot more fun too, you know, to, to, <laughs> to do like a video on it, man. And, yeah. um, you know, That's you can, when you can love what you do, you know, no matter what it is, I think you're, you're on the right path, you know? Yeah, the, the sad thing is I ended up taking most pride. My son has a, a dairy allergy. Um, so you'd be shocked at how much that limits your diet with butter being in so many things or milk oh, yeah. um, and cheese, obviously, which is the greatest thing ever. And he can't eat cheese. Uh, so I got into cooking a lot of dairy heavy items that are actually dairy free by getting non-dairy mm -hmm substitutes um okay. so i made like chili cheese nachos with a cheese drizzle on it that was dairy free just for him me and my daughter had real cheese right no, <laughs> and, uh, cool. mac and cheese i made a great mac and cheese it's dairy free and pizza that's actually not that hard um but a lot of a lot of dishes dairy free and i don't even eat them <laughs> really no I because i'm like good, well I'm not, I'm not eating this fake cheese bullshit i mean right <laughs> that's fair <laughs> that's funny oh man but that's what i ended up taking most pride in because it's like look i'm going outside the box i'm providing mm -hmm. for my son who's hell yeah got a, a disadvantage it's not i i don't know that it disadvantages right because i i think he'll probably end up being a much healthier weight than me oh, for because sure you if know he keeps a dairy allergy and never eats cheese probably will save a few pounds down the <laughs> i do i got like seven bags of cheese in my refrigerator right now <laughs> oh i i think i do i have probably three bags of fake cheese <laughs> and i have probably oh, four or five of real cheese for me and my daughter because <laughs> i don't make her eat the non-dairy stuff <laughs> right right it's That's never funny. as good even if it's good it's never as good well hey man maybe you could do like a you know do like a video of like dairy-free meals you know what i mean because there, there's other people out there too that are you know they want dairy-free recipes and things like that you know That's that's actually even if i don't do videos of it i i should probably start writing down what i do just so people who and i'm i'm fortunate because five years ago there was no dairy-free options and the dairy-free shit that existed was horrible yeah like i i always tasted it before i'd serve it to him i can imagine and it yeah. was like this tastes like wax this is supposed to be cheddar cheese and it tastes like wax <laughs> like it's That's not bad. <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm not I'm not serving this to my my child and telling him it's what cheese tastes like. That's a lie. Put it in the candle warmer. Um, so do you do you write a lot then? Do you get into writing a lot? I, so the reason I got into uh, into this and into doing stand up was because I was working on a couple of screenplays that in my mind were dark comedies. And I was a decent percentage done with both of them and there was a lot of dark but not a lot of comedy so i reached out to a bunch of comedians they're like you you need to find your voice and the only way i can recommend you do that is go on stage and do stand-up and a lot of them also said start a podcast because mm -hmm. it will just help you have to you have to find ways to be entertaining not necessarily funny on a podcast but it still helps right sharpen your voice and your perspective and um, now the downside to it, I'll be honest, is 
when I got into stand up and I got mm-hmm. into podcasting for three or four months, I did not write anything except for stand up material. Right. I did not work on my screenplays. I did not, you know, do what I should have done. But at the same time, back then, I also had an eight to five job. Right. It took up most of my day. <laughs> yeah. And your energy, I'm sure. You know? Yes. Yeah. I'm so, the- so I was working. So I, I, I was actually working, uh, you know, when I had my kids and I had to drive them to school, I would get up at 545 in the morning, drop them off, do all that stuff, work from eight to five. I'd usually, if I didn't have the kids that night, I would try to schedule a podcast and uh, scheduling, as you probably know from your experience, finding guests, scheduling guests and doing enough research not to, although I did fall in the trap sometimes of over-researching which Mm -hmm. can actually be worse than not researching. (laughs) Um, But um, doing all that takes more time than the actual podcast. (laughs) Yeah, it is, dude. It's, I thought it'd be easier to find guests. You know, it's a little, it's a little trickier because I, I, I'm not really interested and there's nothing wrong with the guests that are out there that want to talk about business and stuff or whatever, but I'm just not interested in talking about analytics of all that, you know, whatever. And uh, it can be a challenge for sure finding um, guests, but I think one way um, that I found some really great guests is by like what we're doing right now, communicating with um, somebody else. And then, you know, like Walt, wow i i did a couple shows with him and he uh he was great he referred me to a someone i haven't reached out to him yet unfortunately but you know there's referrals and um yeah i've been referred a couple times you know and uh i think that's a great way to find connections for guests but i am the opposite of you i do not do research (laughs) i just wing it man i am just totally open for whatever no notes not prepared at all you know I think those are actually better, uh, honestly, when Mm -hmm. you, um, uh, I like to, I usually write down like three things that I want to make sure I don't ignore. Like I wrote down aliens astrology for you (laughs) because I didn't want to go the whole podcast without talking about those things. I appreciate those, those topics, you know, because those are definitely, but otherwise, you know, we've talked for, it's been over an hour, I think now. Um, and, uh, no, but that two words <laughs> right literally uh so um but no i i found for some i over prepared so much that i wasn't asking them questions that you know my audience doesn't know who the hell this person is right, right. so i'm just like so when you did this talk to me about they're like what what is that <laughs> we don't right. even know what you're talking about because i went i spent too much time so no i i think it's actually uh, now with a comedian, I like, like if they have a special out, I like to watch their special. I like to watch, you know, before I talk to them, cause then I can get a little more nerdy about comedy with them. Cause For I'll, sure. you know, I'll go inside baseball a little bit about specific jokes. And right. I, t- I talked to, I talked to, uh, one of my guests, um, recently I talked to him about the way he holds a microphone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which probably not entertaining to the masses, but hey, man, you never know. There might be some trucker out there that's driving along that is just like, you know, totally into it, man. You just never know, you know, what the audience is going to like, what they aren't going to like. And that is important. But at the same time, too, man, uh, you know, the right people are going to find, 
you know, the podcast at the time they need to. And I, I firmly believe that. And dude, you know, it's also growing and learning and this is part of the experience, like with your stand up, dude, I don't know how you could do that because I could not get up in front of a stage of anybody and try to be funny or, you know, that would not end well for me. (laughs) The weirdest thing. Um, when I was a kid, I had terrible social anxiety. Like I would walk like at school, I would walk with my head down. I would not make eye contact with people. Uh, I would not like adults. A lot of them thought I was a mute except for some of the dads who would talk to me about sports, which is also why I think I've always clung on to sports because it was actually like the only way I could socially helps break the ice, communicate with people. It was obviously such a, I don't want to say stupid topic, but a simple topic. Yeah. But I knew so much about it that I could actually hold a a full on conversation with grown adults when I was eight, nine years old. Uh, And half the time I'd know more than them. Uh, about because i was i was a nerd about football especially um and one of those dude football and sports man it's one of those things that just seems to bring everybody together you know despite our differences in opinion and i i do like it in that aspect you know and it's unfortunate that's become politicized over the past couple years you know it's not like it was back in the 80s 90s or whatever um, but it's, I think there'll always be this factor of it, of where it kind of brings people together, um, you know, and it doesn't matter what color you are, what you believe, you know, and that is a great thing about it, man. You know, it truly is. I, I did. I never finished it because uh, a lot of because I found a lot of the premises I had to be false. But I was uh, I went to USF in St. Pete. I was in the honors program and senior year. We had to write a thesis, and mine was about how winning sports teams are great for their community. Um, Economically, that doesn't prove to be the case, and there's not really a lot of uh, science or statistics that can back up the social aspect of it. But Mm -hmm. I work for the Rays, who are are a mile and a half. Their dome is a mile and a half away from my house. Uh, But when I was in college, I worked for the Rays, and uh, went from the worst team in Major League Baseball to going to the World Series uh, in 2008. Uh, nice. I think it was my junior year. And the whole city had never shown up to raise games, never. And all of a sudden, every – oh, they, th- that was the thing that, that stood out to me. They, some of the players got mohawks. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you would walk through a bar and 40% of the men would have mohawks. And just, just to show their support to, for the yeah, and yeah. every place there were signs and banners. Everyone was talking about the Rays, especially in St. Petersburg, because most of the sports are in Tampa because we're mm-hmm. all Tampa Bay. This is the one team that's actually anchored in St. Petersburg, um, and it was. Cr- I remember being at a strip club, and <laughs> th- this was the greatest example of it I could can remember at a strip club, and everyone is watching a TV for a regular season. There's 162 (laughs) regular season baseball games. Everyone is watching the TV. And when the Rays won, got the last out, people started chanting, let's go Rays at a strip club. And I was just like, this is amazing. I've never seen just every single person in this room is united 
You know, right. I don't even know if the girl on stage was dancing or stopped to watch <laughs> the game. It That's was funny. amazing. Um, but awesome. there, there's no there's no science or statistics that back up. Hey, it helped morale. <laughs> right. I'm sure it did. You know, I, I, I think it did. Now, the funny thing is <clears throat> it never did after that to the same effect. It's like that that aspect of being a, a just terrible franchise for 17 years or whatever it was. Right. Because they're not actually no, it was only ten years. It was only ten years that they were terrible, which not that long in sports. It's not that long, man. Really, if you look I mean, big picture, I mean, look at the Browns. You know what I mean? I'll tell you what. Right. The day, look at the, the Lions. Day I get back in <laughs> the day I get back into the NFL as a fan will be the day the Browns win the Super Bowl, <laughs> and, <laughs> and I think that it is going to happen. Their time is coming, and they I did not win a playoff game sports. last year. Yeah, I I don't follow sports. I don't know what's going on. I couldn't tell you. But I know the Browns have consistently sucked and their time is coming uh, that much. I do know. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. That, and that, that is the, um, that's the, that's the aspect of sports. I, I love is when, uh, especially when like the Browns have a, a strong fan base, mm -hmm. they you do. know, and I love when, and look, I was a saints fan and I, I was born, they were a garbage franchise all before I was born for 20 years um when i was born their first season after i was born was actually their first winning season i obviously had no clue what was going on uh because i was less than one year old <laughs> uh and i was not a saints fan until i was four years old um huh. but my birth did actually turn around a franchise they've been pretty good since <laughs> that's that's awesome i grew up as a uh, in a pittsburgh steelers home and um, I broke away from that. Uh, the only reason I didn't want to be a Pittsburgh fan was because my stepdad uh, was a Pittsburgh fan. And I, I love my stepdad. And uh, I just wanted to be different than him, though. So I chose the Falcons because they had, oh, a, cool, they no. had a cool symbol. <laughs> I like their logo with the Falcon and they had cool colors. And that was basically the only two reasons um, <laughs> I chose to be a Falcons fan. You know, I, this is how bad, how toxic relationships with sports teams are my my son uh loves football uh he's pretty good at flag football we're not letting him play tackle he just turned nine maybe in high school it'll I, to me it's his choice in high school but there's a lot of you know brain damage issues to worry mm -hmm. about um not to mention he had to go to the er from an injury he suffered swimming oh geez he had to get staples in his head because he slammed into a wall doing the backstroke when he finished holy uh, smokes. jeez yeah i i flying. holy smokes <laughs> i yeah yeah and i just yelled at him for going too slow into the wall because he was afraid of the wall and then uh, two days later he ends up oh, splitting no. his head so great dad moment there but <laughs> but i said if, if you get drafted in the nfl the team you play for will be this my second favorite team and you'll still be my favorite player but I'll only root against you when you play the Saints. That's fine. Unless you're on the Falcons, then I hope you go own 16, but I hope you have good seasons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wasn't there like a uh, Saints Falcons ordeal a couple few years back? There was a big I didn't watch it. They it was a Super Bowl though, right? Falcons did they go to the Super Bowl with the Saints or something like that. No, the the Falcons went to the Super Bowl uh that was like the last year they were good and they blew a big lead and Saints fans uh they blew a 28 to 3 lead. And uh, the next game, the following season, they went to New Orleans. The Saints had a marching band playing the halftime show, and they uh -huh. formed 28-3 to in the middle of 
Seahawks. No, uh, and no the Falcons complained to the NFL. Are you serious? Yes. Wow. Wow, dude. They they, they actually did those two franchises hate each other. It is amazing. Uh. And I love it because it's like <laughs> too often it's like, you know, you play a game, then you hug and you love the guy, which I respect that too. Mm-hmm. But you love I love it so much more when they literally hate each other. Right. They just hope right. they they will be on Twitter being like, hey, look. Fuck the Falcons. <laughs> Doesn't That's matter hilarious. what the Saints are doing. There was that the much, like, I didn't know there was that much bad blood between or whatever. That's yeah, I, I still haven't figured out why those two organizations are especially feisty. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love it. I, I love it so much more than when it's like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll hug each other after the game. We're all friends. Right. No, I love it so much more where it's like, go back to your locker room. We're going to get in a fight. Yeah, yeah, Bye. for sure. Bye. That's why I like <laughs> UFC, you know. That's why, I, you know, UFC is pretty cool. I like watching that because it's just, you know, that and hockey. I still like hockey. I don't follow it. like, But, um, you know, I do enjoy watching a, a Penguins game from time to time, you know, and just kicking back, you know. See, I complain about how torturous sports is, and I'm a Lightning fan. There's Steven Stamkos. I, right I saw a hockey player back there on the wall. Yeah, so I'm a, I'm a Lightning fan. Uh, so... I've won back-to-back Stanley Cup. Well, I've won back-to-back. <laughs> See the even the vernacular, like I did something. <laughs> I know, I know, man. That is a common thing among like sports fans. It's like we our team, we 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 went to the Super Bowl, you know, and we. I don't know, man. It's this we stuff, you know. <laughs> it's it's such a weird because I've heard so many arguments, and I I've I love arguing both sides of it, mm-hmm. where it's like, well, if if you buy merchandise and you support the team and you do this, that, yeah. the other, you are actually support. So when I worked for the Rays, when they went to the world series, I got an American league championship ring mm-hmm. and uh, it got stolen of course, but well, not of course it was probably one of like three that have gotten stolen. <laughs> well, man, but, but I was like, part of me is like, yeah, I deserve it. I'm in the organization. Everyone, the people in accounting got it. And, and, I remember being like, I don't know if I deserve it. Should I wear it? And they're like, you f- did reports and hand delivered them to Joe Madden, who managed the team. You literally did Excel spreadsheets of batter pitcher matchups and handed them to the guy making decisions. No kidding. Yes. You actually made an impact on this team. I'm like, oh, well, I guess. And I do remember too, uh, the pitching coach had me run a statistical analysis of uh, pitch count things. Uh, I won't get too into that because it's too nerdy for me to even talk about, but, but I was very good with manipulating and figuring out statistics and first day of training camp, uh, spring training, sorry, the, the pitching coach comes to me and asks me to prepare this report to present to the pitchers. And I give him all the statistics. He presents it and it's like, well, yeah, I did have my fingers in yeah. and around. I mean, probably anyone could have done what I did, but I, I shouldn't be like ashamed to have a championship ring that's not as right. good as the player's championship ring. <laughs> well, you still got one, though. I did, yeah. That's cool. Oh, yeah, man. That's freaking awesome, dude. That yeah, that's that's awesome. that's my biggest, uh, my biggest thing that I still am like, I wonder if I could figure out a way to track that down. Oh, no. <laughs> So did you meet you? So you said you met John Madden or Joe Madden was Joe the Madden. 
manager of the Rays. He was the manager. I don't know if you, again, if you follow, but he was the manager of the Cubs a few years ago when they won their first world series in okay. hundred something years. Is he related to John Madden or he is not? No. Oh, okay. So it's, that has nothing to do with the PlayStation two Madden football game. No, no, no. I never oh, met that Madden. Okay, that's what I was thinking of because man, I remember playing some Madden on my PS2 when I was younger. And let me tell you, I was pretty good at it. Oh, yeah. You don't need to like football to be good at those <laughs> games and enjoy those. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that's too funny. Oh man. I love it. Yeah. Um, so Kenneth, um, you've got your podcast, your YouTube channel. Um, you've got oh, your yeah. your not very active Twitter page. Uh, that is correct. That is correct. Where, I mostly follow the crypto people on the Twitter. That's what my Twitter account is, is to get the uh, inside scoop of uh, kind of crypto currency world. We didn't talk about that too so, much. but So my excuse for being on Twitter, I think we talked about this while we were recording, but my excuse for being on Twitter was, is mainly you can follow such a diverse, like I go there for my Saints news, my Lightning news, my crypto right uh i follow some libertarian accounts um it's like you can kind of curate like i want to just hear about these things mm -hmm. so that's the it, one i don't use it as a social media very often i use it more as like a a news curation where i can first go on there as opposed to turning on the tv and watching what the morons tell us to believe <laughs> right for sure yeah firsthand report type thing you know um that's that's what it certainly was good for but i'm not too active on there you know uh mostly facebook uh instagram i'm getting more geared up in the instagram now um youtube channel sword fire x5 and yeah the podcast which is on spotify conversations with kenny that's the only thing that's not sword fire x5 <laughs> so. gotcha and i will i will link all of it on the show in the show notes in the show notes <laughs> cool man i appreciate it um I'll do the same because I'm going to upload this to mine if you don't mind. And uh, no, uh, absolutely. Get your name out there and all that good stuff. So perfect. Well, hey, listen to the Jeff McAlino podcast. <laughs> yeah. Heck yeah, man. The links will be in the description. For awesome. Sure. Well, dude, I, I, I've enjoyed talking with you. Absolutely, um, man. Yeah, it was a it was a great time, dude. I really uh, enjoyed the topics that we covered. And, uh, you know, I look forward to talking to you again. Yeah, absolutely. Same here, man. Cool, man cool well uh if that's all we got then i guess i i'm gonna probably go cook up something for dinner or either that or run down to the local taco bell again <laughs> i've got leftover uber eats so oh man <laughs> oh boy all right all right see you man all right man yep have a good night yeah you too well that's it that's the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I sure did. Um, check out Kenneth on all of the uh, links that I have attached below. Give him a follow, a subscription, and all that. And please do the same for me. Um, was a... Uh, anyways, it was a fun chat. Talked about a lot of different things. Um... You know, and I do think there's something to the, uh, you know, what, you know, a COVID side effect of really 
not socializing with people out of your small inner sanctum. And sometimes that might be, you know, for some people, just yourself and the news <laughs> uh, or just yourself and a couple of friends who are kind of similar, uh, have similar biases and beliefs. Um, and again, that's one thing I love about doing the podcast is I talk to people in all walks of life about all different things. Um, you know, so when the aliens come, it won't matter anyways. They'll be able to just kill us all or enslave us all. So enjoy life while you can. It's short. Come on. <laughs> anyways, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Again, remember to like, subscribe, share, uh, all of those things. And uh, I am greatly appreciative of all that you do. I hope you have a tremendous Thanksgiving. I am tremendously thankful for all of you who spend the time listening. Uh, I've said, I think I've said this on the podcast. If not, I've said on social media. My goal this year was to put out, uh, from when I started, was to do one per week, uh, slightly more than that, so that I could do 50 episodes uh, for the calendar year. Uh, and next week, I will be releasing my 50th episode. How about that? Uh, so there's that, and also, um, you know, I honestly figured if I got, uh, you know, got up to like a thousand total listens, I'd be happy, listens and downloads, and uh, I passed that much quicker than expected, and uh, multiplied that by quite a bit, um, so I'm very thankful for the growth that I've had, and I owe that all to you, listener. So I hope, uh, you know, if you ever have an episode and you think someone might enjoy it, send it to them. You know, I think the great thing about uh, what I've enjoyed about this is that I've had episodes that have gone all over the map. So no matter your interests and or uh, hobbies or beliefs, I feel like you can find something that will... Uh, be enjoyable in my podcast catalog. So feel free to reach out to me uh, through all of those social medias that I will link. And uh, I'm always happy to hear from the listeners or if you have suggestions, recommendations, insults. I haven't really received any insults, which is kind of weird. Um, but I can take those too. Uh, or Urban Dictionary recommendations. Feel free to shoot those my way. Uh, as well, even if they're weird like last episode's was. So thanks again for listening. Tune in next week for episode 50. And uh, again, happy Thanksgiving, folks. <laughs>